What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Three Guys from the South Side. My name is Mike Merrick, coming to you live from Dallas, Texas. Uh, number one Leeds fan uh, joining us today from Champaign, Illinois. Blaze Bernardi, Blaze, how are we feeling, bud? Good. Uh, back in my back in my new apartment at the three one five. Just got done playing some sand volleyball. So all you listeners out there can't see me uh, shirtless with my two tattoos. Um, showing but i'm feeling good it's wednesday um we're doing the podcast college football illini playing 17 days i'm just i'm just getting excited we got the epl on friday epl you just said it though college football's back uh we're we're gonna get into a couple God bless of co- the euro and the olympics we're keeping us busy this summer hey actually actually i mean we haven't had much these last couple weeks and baseball just seems to be kind of dragging along post the all-star break so far but um yeah, before we get into college football and EPL, uh, Dave McAvoy, Davey football, man, college football right around the corner. I know how jacked up you are. How are you doing? I'm doing I'm doing better. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but uh, I'm worried that I might have had a breakthrough this weekend and not the good kind that you like to have. Uh, I am excited, though, because I've started researching fantasy football and, you know, Our hard knocks is on. Our There's football on. I know my first fantasy football draft is two weeks from tomorrow, which we're recording this on Wednesday night. Hey, we so don't it's, care it's about that. We don't care about that. No one cares about your other leagues. Hey, who won our league last year? Mike Merrick, defending champ, thousand dollars. Uh, you think the only um, man that can, the only man who's like the most no inconsistent because he either he either comes in first or last, and he's like, yeah, I'm just really good at it. You didn't even make a fucking pickup. That's the definition of luck. Consistency. Um, tied with Blaze for the most all-time wins, and I think Van Vliet, but no one really counts him. Um, Is he and yet? He's probably not listening, so it doesn't matter. Um, look, before before we get into some some good plays and obviously some, some sports coming up, uh, obviously summer also means it's wedding season. Uh, we've both, we all three of us have been to a few weddings uh, since we, we had talked last. Now, one of our favorite pastimes, obviously, is making a few bets during the parents' best man and maid of honor speeches, uh, whether it's the over-under, how long the speech is going to go, or my personal favorite, the for those who, for those of you who don't know me, uh, look, I lost a quick $20. Uh, the, the, for those of you that don't know me, that's a, that's a firm yes, no bet. And you got to give, you got to lay odds. You got to be like dash 200. Cause every, guy, a, every goddamn maid of honor says it every single one. Of course I bet it on the maid of honor. She didn't say it. And then good for her, that's good writing right there. And, She's then, got good and, advice. Then, and then the best man goes and says it, but he says it oh, three minutes into brutal. the speech. So brutal, and 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 that's controllable because he knew that we had money on the line. He could see us. We're passing fives and tens around the table, mid speech, and oh, the the bride's old man. I think he went for a good five five and a half minutes. I had I I think I think I had the over at about two two minutes fifteen seconds, and I mean that was cash that easy ticket. That 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 was a, a bar tip the rest of the night. Well, you bring it up, though, because uh, I think Blaze was saying that he's going to be hanging a banner in his rafters next to uh, his Jetpack uh, two trophies, his John Rahm 2021. <laughs> I just mean Gary to death with those. Champion. And then, the, of course, like the, the National Predators three banners for when they uh, won the President's Trophy and didn't win anything else. Oh, no, yeah. My brother got married this week last weekend. It was an absolute blast. And then I've never given a best man speech before, so I asked around, and I think the consensus was, 
you got to get in and out and you, it can't be over three minutes. You got to talk about growing up with him, give a shout out to his uh, bride and then get in and out. It went really well. I would say mine was about two and a half to three minutes. Went very well. If you took the under, you would have won. But Merrick, with the dad speech, especially if it's like a if it's a daughter, you got you got to always bet the over. You got to hammer the over. over. It's sentimental. Yeah, totally. It's nonsense, though. I completely disagree. Keep it short. Keep it accessible. No inside jokes. No dirty jokes. It's not no, the hard. best man. No one's the best man. One hundred percent. No, I agree, for I agree. all of them. For all of them. Anything that needs to be heartfelt should be said the night before or out of the way. It's Agreed. bullshit that I have to sit there for a half hour when they're not serving drinks. No one gives a shit about your little inside joke that you had. Make it a quick one and get the fuck out of there. No, yeah, that's what I did too. I also like to bet on how long the ceremony is, and it's always fifty-nine minutes and thirty seconds. You bet the over/under on those, especially at a church. Oh, church, way over. Way over. We had an outdoor reception, and we, had, you know what, we hit the over because we had to stop and let an Amtrak train come through, and and those th- those things weren't quick up in up in Milwaukee there. So, uh, Milwaukee what, Amtrak train station capital of the world, I guess. Jesus Christ, unbe- unbelievable. At least it wasn't one of those BNSF Northern, you know, trains long ones coming through. We would have been there a while. Would have been there a while. There. But uh, look. Let's let's get into a few things real quick here. Obviously, baseball these last couple weeks uh, I had the trade deadline last time we were on. Had our friends George and, and and Scott on the pod, and my goodness gracious! Speaking of them too, I, we got to give credit where credit's due. First off, to Scott, he mentioned he liked the Phillies at plus three hundred when he was on. They've gone nine and three since he said that, and they're in first place, and they're the odds-on favorite in the uh, NL East. Dude, I got on him. I got George, on him. That's 420. George actually had a correct take, too. He thought that most of the Cubs would be gone. So he was right on that, too. I can't I believe they got rid like of everybody. I, 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 do, I do hate seeing George like this. George, we're here for you, buddy. Um, all Cubs fans, especially after that sweep from the Sox. Uh, and the Sox are, you know, I was, since we talked last, are what, I think seven and five uh, since uh, since the end of July there. But the bats in the lineup are good. Eloy, my goodness, stay hot, brother. And Luis Robert coming back in the lineup, I think, is good. But um, anything else, guys, baseball-wise, again, I know it's only been about a week and a half or so, but um, I'm curious to see how, how the Sox can finish up and really watch the Cubs continue to crumble. Well, the White Sox, it's all about getting healthy here and getting things lined up because no one's going to catch them in that division. A lot of easy opponents the last week or so since we've been last on. Uh, and coming up should be an interesting couple tests because they got a couple of good teams coming up. So it should be fun to see what happens. I know they got the A's and they got the Yankees here this weekend. Yeah, let's not forget tomorrow night they're going to be playing in Iowa with the Field of Dreams. I think it would have been dream. cool if they pushed Lance Lynn's start back one day. Just well, yeah, they put they the threw Rodon on the, on the injured list. Rodon's yeah, going to so be that kind of on the sucks, shelf a little bit. That game's on Fox. I'll definitely be watching that. Yeah, it should be fun. That'll be a good game. That'll be a good game. But, uh, look – like our friend uh, Jason Sudeikis, a.k.a. Ted Lasso. Let's go over the pond, talk about English Premier League. Kicks off Friday. Uh, Blaze, obviously being a big Leeds fan, talk us through uh, the kickoff of the English Premier League coming up this week. I think one of the most underrated things every Saturday morning, well, usually I'll be tailgating this year, taking advantage of it. 2019, I got complacent, and then 2020, it was all gone, but – One of my favorite things Saturday and Sunday morning is waking up like at 7 a.m., turning on NBC or NBC Sports Network, and there's a soccer game on in Great Britain. 
And um, just always a lot of fun, whether you bet it or not, just mindless TV, something to watch, especially when you're hungover or, ready, or you're just waiting for college football to start and you don't want to see Lee Corso, who's basically borderline senile, talk about whatever that's going on. But um, these at, these bets are all through points bets. So um, we'll talk about the first thing. I like Dave's opinion on this, but Vegas and points bet has its Man City to lose. They're minus 150 to win the English Premier League this year. That means you got to put 150 on them to win 100. And everybody else, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man U, Leicester City, are plus 450 or higher, which I think is a little high. But Liverpool kind of went the Cubs route. They didn't invest in anybody. Man U and Chelsea, they still all don't have it. I don't know what the deal is. Dave, what do you think about that with the Man City line? There's the lose again. They kind of turned it around in March last year and didn't lose a game until May. They're, they were clearly the best team, but I don't think it would be fun to bet on the favorite. I think if I'm going to be doing anything, I'll give you a little preview of some of the things that, that I like. Uh, I don't know if you're going to talk about them later, but we are we are Leeds fans. We lead supporters, correction, because we watched that one documentary that Russell Crowe narrated. So we're, we're, we're officially Leeds fans. Um, Thanks, Jeff Bezos. Two, two of the bets that I saw with them that I liked, one was Leeds just come in the top half of the table, dash 150. I really like that a lot. Uh, another one is to you can bet them to bet uh, finish top six, which would get them into at least the Europa, and that is plus three fifty. So I think those would be the two that I would look at if you're going to bet on leads. Uh, the other ones, and I'll let you talk about some of the other ones that you like. The other ones that I saw that are most fun to bet, I think, after following your bets last year, were the the teams that get relegated. Um, the ones that I think are most likely to happen. Unfortunately, we're also Brentford podcasts. We followed them. They play Friday first Meteoric game rise. the EPL okay. stadium. I, I love them, but I, just knowing how they were the last few years, I don't know how they don't get relegated. Uh, they're only plus 130 to get relegated. So I think that I would bet that. The other two that I liked when I looked at the odds this morning were Newcastle to get relegated. They seemed like they were doing it with Mears a couple years ago and finished in the middle of the table. I just don't think they're very good. And uh, they're plus 275 to get relegated. And the other one was uh, Brighton plus 650. They were flirting with disaster all year last year until the very end. So I think I like them to get relegated too, plus 650. No, let me start out with leads for you. And I think there's this is why I like points bet so much. They did something today. Sarah Spain, I freaking hate you. I'm just sorry. You're like the Clay Travis on the left side of the spectrum. Um, one thing they also did, too, is they hired two diversity hires, which I think is really good. Speaking of diversity, there's three white guys talking about gambling. I think there could be some different perspectives, especially on ESPN and other betting things with a little diversity on this. But um, anyways, back to leads. There's just one bet on points bet. Top of the league at Christmas. And at Christmas, that means everyone in the EPL has played each other once. And Leeds is 80 to 1 to be on top of the be in first place come Christmas time. I want a Christmas present. I think I'm going to throw like 30 bucks on Leeds 80 to 1 at, and, and maybe you win $2,400 to see if they're in first place at that time. I'm lighting $30 on fire, but it's something fun to root for. Um, I agree with you. I think the relegation thing is fun. You want to root for a team that sucks. And that's what's great about um, soccer in Europe. Teams like Cubs can tank, they'll still be in the majors next year. They won't be going to AAA. These teams don't spend their money. They're going down. They're going down a league. Um, two, th two things I want to do here. So what I like to do is I'm going to go big on Wat Watford to get relegated. They're about minus 110. They've done absolutely nothing. They're just happy to be here. They shouldn't have been promoted last year, in my opinion. They got lucky in second place. I bet big there. 
And then I take a flyer on the Wolves plus 450 and Austin Villa plus 700. Their best player, Jack Grealish, just got transferred to Man City and the Wolves lost their coach and they're not spending any money either because of COVID. So those are two little long shots. And just for people in perspective about this, there is always a surprise. Sheffield United got relegated last year and they were basically relegated in November and their odds of getting relegated were like 10 to one. So there's always a team that's up there that just kind of struggles in their second, third or fourth year after the grind of the EPL. So that's kind of the way I'd go. But yeah, I'll, I'll be screenshotting a bet of $30 on Leeds to be in first place at Christmas time. And uh, I'll buy the spot some Christmas presents and maybe I'll buy some promotion on Twitter too. If uh, that bet cashes. Southampton was the team that I thought of with that idea with uh, Sheffield. Uh, yeah. Them and Brighton were the two teams that I that that caught my eye of teams that were pretty good last year. This team to be in the middle of the table that easily could could go down. No, agree. I I like both those. I I don't think it hurts to take a flyer on them, but no, it'll be exciting. We'll see what happens, and it's always good to have something before college football kick off at eleven a.m. when you're sitting around the tube. Well, we've got only a couple short weeks before college football, so hopefully this can help fill a little bit of the void on the weekends, waking up early and catching a catching a footy game on the uh, on the old tube. But uh, let's let's get into the the meat and potatoes here. Uh, obviously, college football a couple weeks away. We're going to spend listeners the next you know handful of weeks previewing some of the different conferences. Uh, I've got a couple things I want to ask you guys from not only win totals, but also to who do you guys like coming out of uh, the two conferences we're going to cover today? The Big 12, which, uh, look, this could be one of the last couple of years of the Big 12 uh, and also the Pac-12. But uh, before we get into the possible diminishing of the Big 12, let's let's start out West with the Pac-12 uh, and and who we like coming out of there. I believe uh, Oregon right now is the favorite uh, to win uh, the Pac-12, actually plus 250, Washington, USC, Arizona State. Uh, general thoughts before uh, we get into some fun win totals here for some of the teams coming out of the Pac-12. Dave, we'll, we'll start with you. So one of the things I wrote on here as I was getting ready for football here was uh, the first point I wrote was you're slowly remembering everybody who you hate. And this is coming to me in doing some fantasy football research and just crossing guys off before I even have a chance to research them. And it came to my mind today when I was looking at the Pac-12, remembering how fucking awful it is to watch a Stanford football game and how awful <laughs> oh, yeah. David, David Shaw will fuck you every single way he gets a chance. They're the worst team ever to bet on and to watch. Just don't even put yourself through that. I know you're going to be tempted to on the West Coast, either with a 3 o'clock game or with a late night game. Don't even bother. Um, so the other team that I, uh, that I absolutely hate is Arizona, but now uh, Kevin Sumlin's gone. I bought into Kevin Sumlin and Khalil Tate a couple of years ago, and I'll never forgive myself. So they're on the never again list too. Uh, but yeah, those Stanford, are my two. Stanford's on the never again list after last year. Yeah, I just they're still up I, there. I can't see myself betting on them at all this year. That's just a reminder with that. I'm interested to see what happens with Arizona State. Herm Edwards is in his fourth year there, but they're also under an NCAA investigation, and I'm not quite sure what's going to happen with that. He's got one his of the guys notes I had, one of the notes I had, and I want Blaze to hear this. One of the notes I had here uh, is is I like Utah State, and there's a couple, or excuse me, Utah. I like Utah to win the conference. Likewise. And there's a couple of reasons why. One is you're getting them at six to one. Two, they have Kyle Whittingham there, who's been there since Urban Meyer, 
left Utah. He's been there forever. Three, they're bringing in a transfer, a graduate transfer from Baylor, Charlie Brewer, to be their quarterback. I know that that can be like hit and miss. Either it can really bring a team up or you can just be, they can never pick up the offense and it can absolutely burn you. But the last reason why that I like Utah is because if you look at some of the other teams that are near the top there, Oregon, Washington, USC, they're in California, Oregon, and Washington. And those three states in the union, besides maybe New York and Illinois, are the most likely to hammer down on COVID restrictions if they have any issues whatsoever. So my handicap on this is teams like Utah and Arizona State being in Utah and Arizona are going to have no COVID restrictions whatsoever. They're completely done with it. They'll have packed houses every single weekend. I really like Utah here just because, like I said, with Arizona State, Herm Edwards, you don't know what's going to happen with that. Never know if that'll be a distraction or not. I like Utah for all those reasons, and the last one is just because they're not they're going to have full houses there, without a doubt. Whereas like USC, Washington, Oregon, you can see the governors in those states just deciding that they're going to pull back. So that was my handicap on the Pac-12. Man, that's an interesting take. I also love how we're talking about Saturday morning, and then we go all the way to Saturday night Pac-12 after dark. We're just skipping everything in the middle of the typical Saturday. Well, that would be um, meet next Dave, I, I think I, I kind of – I like Utah. I like Whittingham. They're always a tough out. It's always tough to fucking play at that place. Their defense is always solid. Their offense is seems like their quarterback – they always have a guy like Mitch Trubisky who has all the talent around him but just can't do anything, and it's so frustrating to watch. And Mario Cristobal, the guy reminds me of a basketball coach who coaches SLU right now. I'm blanking on his name, but he's able to recruit these freaking studs, and these guys can play football, but the guy can't coach and has any lack of coaching awareness, calling timeouts, prioritizing them whatsoever. But I think Oregon has too much talent to lose from their coach. And I think they're going to surprise some people in Columbus on that second week. And if they do, even if that game's close, it's respectable, I think they can cruise through the rest of that Pac-12. Just looking at it, they play Arizona at home. They play Stanford, California, UCLA. Their toughest game is going to be Utah, like you said, on the road, but that's already down the line in the middle of the season after they've played eight games. They're going to be experienced enough and figured it all out. I like Oregon in the Pac-12. One team that I kind of want to sleep on, and it's a week one bet we'll talk, I'll talk about later, is I really like Stanford this year. I think the past couple oh. years, COVID kind of screwed with them because of all those restrictions like you mentioned. You were busy. You were, you stepped away from the computer literally while you were gone. We talked about how much we hate Stanford because they <laughs> never has fucked us every single way, and they're the most boring team to watch of all time. They're the most boring team, but I think David Shaw with his interviews at the beginning of the year, he's been talking about with the chip on his shoulder, and sorry for leaving early. I had to get a whiskey lemonade Wednesday. Or Wednesdays are one of my nights I go out, go big or go home, so sorry I missed the Stanford rant. Is that but I'm a David Shaw fan. I think he has some boys on the line. He's got a good running back, a competent quarterback. They're going to be a tough out, and they're going to be pounding the ball, running the clock out, and they're going to be winning games. So that's a team I'd like to. I think that could sneak up on people. But I'm all in on Oregon in the Pac-12, hands down. I think the other teams are just salt and pepper. Ain't doing anything for me. Mary, wow. what do you think? So you like? Wow, you like Stanford to win the the Pac-12? I mean, they're over no, no, under. No. I like Stanford to be a good team. And that week one, 
not week zero when Illini play. Week one, Stanford's going to be a lock of the week for me. Peloton play the play the Saturday. Peloton play the Saturday. I like it. I mean, they're they're over under win totals, and 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 let's transition right into this. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some teams out there in the Pac-12 with their win totals for the year. You guys tell me over or under. Let's start with the Stanford Cardinal. Over under set at four minus one fifteen. You going over or under four wins? Four wins. I think you have to go over here, and and I think it's just and I think you could win this bet the first week when they go to Kansas State on the road. They win that game. They only need three more wins. Well, they can't. They can't win four games the first week, though, Blaze. You can't win it the first week. I know, Dave, but that's a game where they win that game on the road against Kansas State. They're playing at 10 a.m. Midwest time, not doing the West Coast any favors. You know how those flyover states are. They hate those goddamn liberals out in California. But then they win that game. I think they could easily win five, six games and go to a bowl game. I would take the over on that, and I think the public is too. If that you're having to lay down more money than to win for that case. Merrick, I like this segment though. Giving us the over unders, putting us on the spot. I like it. Dave, we're gonna transition. Dave, we're gonna transition to you. Arizona State over under is set at nine wins right now. I think that's too many. I, I really do. I would take the under there just because of what you we play to win about. the game. You don't know. I have no idea what's gonna happen with that. It could end up being nothing, but I think it's this. This is totally a square play, but I be on a square handicap. But I think I would bet the under there. That's fair. I, I I would I would probably play that too. I think most most Vegas sites have them at like ten and two on the year and finishing uh, likely tied if not uh, winning the Pac twelve uh, in front of Oregon. But speaking of the Oregon Ducks, uh, they're over under also set to nine. Uh, I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go over on the Ducks. I I, I do think that they're gonna end up winning the Pac twelve. Um, you're weighing, you're weighing minus one thirty to go over. Um, I, I do. I mean, that's, that's a little bit much on the juice, but look, I, I, I think, I think it's worth it from their standpoint. Uh, look, one last play. I want to get, uh, odds from both of you guys, but let's go back to the Bruins at UCLA who they're over unders at seven. Uh, minus one Oh five to go over minus one twenty five to go under. Who do you guys like? Chip Kelly's still there, right? Yeah, he is. And this is do or die year. If he loses this game, he's probably, if he does a bad season this year, he's probably never getting a head coaching job again. And if it is, it's going to be at Stony Brook. Why is he Jewish? No, it's the only <laughs> team that would hire him. Oh, okay. So you're going over. I'll go first. I'm going under. I've never bought this Chip Kelly bullshit. In Philadelphia, he ran himself out of town. UCLA, he's in over his head. He had a great thing in Oregon, and he left. He's an idiot. He should have never left there. And I think they're going to beat Hawaii that first game, but then they're going to play LSU at home in L.A. I think they're going to get absolutely steamrolled, and their season's over. That's my case right there. I, I think I've been doing this podcast too long with you now, Blaze, because some of your takes and handicaps are starting to squeeze into my brain. I completely That's what agree. I, do. I should have been in sales. I, I, I don't. I, I don't think Chip Kelly. Well, no, you're not really doing like the sales approach. You're just like beating me over the head with it, which I guess That's is what one you sales do in strategy. sales. You just keep you just keep calling on me until I eventually give you the meeting. I uh, I agree. I don't think Chip Kelly has really really proven anything, and I think it's a, more of a bet against him than anything else. Agreed. Agreed. I'm I'm going under. I think they're a five six win team, 
uh, at best there, there in LA. So, um, look, that's enough time on the West coast after dark. I know we're going to get some, some late night games the first couple weeks there, uh, that we'll be able to likely either one, keep riding the hot hand or two, God, we're going to be digging out of a hole, betting a couple late night games in the, in the pack 12, but let's go over to the big 12, which I do want to get your guys thoughts on this. There might not be a big 12, obviously with the whole Texas OU going to the sec come 2025. If the, either of those schools, or I think maybe it's either and or both. I'm not really sure they would have to pay some stupid amount of money to leave early, like something around the, the, uh, gosh, what is it? 70, $80 million somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, what, I mean, are we confident that this is still going to happen or is this just a bunch of talk at the, at the current time? I don't think Texas and Oklahoma know what they're getting into, to be honest with you. I think they have a good deal in the big 12 right now, but they recruit a different type of player in the sec and this offensive and recruiting defensive ends that are like 225 pounds and as big as me, I don't think that's going to fly there. And they're going to be in for a rude wake up call, whether they're putting the sec or sec West, they have a good thing in the Big 12. They're going to be middle class in the SEC. I don't see any of those two teams being able to get out, beat Alabama or a team like Georgia, for that matter. Or Florida. I or don't think I don't, I don't think they hang with, an, with an athletic. I'm not big on Florida anymore, but with an athletic Florida team, dude. They, I mean, they get all they get all very low IQ, very high athletic athletes coming out of out of the state of Florida. Uh, well, I, I I agree with you though, boys. I don't think they hang near the top of uh, of the the East or the or the West in the SEC. If this does happen, I am curious though where some of these other schools are going to go, like Oklahoma State. Um, you know, obviously, uh, probably teams like Iowa State, uh, Kansas, possibly even Kansas State, join the Big Ten. Which at that point, what does it become? The Big Sixteen or the Big Eighteen? At that point. Yeah, I don't even know about that. The thing is, there those aren't really good academic schools with the Big Ten, so I don't even know if they'd want them in there. I'd be interested on Dave's thoughts. But, yeah, it's funny. The Big 12, Texas and Oklahoma think they'll be able to take that football league by storm. The funny thing is they're going to be dominating college basketball, but no one right. cares about basketball down there. So right. it'll be interesting. Dave, what do you think about this? And I don't think the Big Ten is going to go for any of these schools. I think the Kansas thing, that football program – is a it's a dumpster fire. fire. Dumpster do fire. I don't care about the basketball. I, I do think that it'll go through to answer the first question. Um, I, I am confused why Texas wants to do it just because they've got the Longhorn network. They own their right. own network. I don't know why they, and they, I, it's never been a money issue for Texas. They got a shitload of money. I will say that the counter argument to you guys saying that they're going to be mediocre in the sec. I don't know that that's necessarily true because look at how Texas A&M has thrived in the, in the SEC. They've been fine. They haven't won it, but they're fine. Like they figured it out. The other big thing that's kind of hanging over all of this is it kind of sets up with the name and likeness thing. It kind of sets up the, the dissolution of the NCAA. The, the SEC is basically setting the precedent that like, they're going to go get all these teams and they could basically make their own semi pro league if they really wanted to, because they have enough viewership down there. They've got enough of these, power teams that have a shitload of money and have draw a lot of eyeballs that they could basically start it right now. They would have like 18 teams, right? So I wonder what's going to happen moving forward. I really hope that it doesn't happen and college football doesn't lose some of the fun that, that, that comes along with it. But 
something else will come along. They'll figure it out. It'll if it's a semi pro league, it, it, whatever happens, happens. But it's definitely made things interesting, and I don't think it'll go through until twenty twenty five. I don't think they're ready to to pay that money yet. And they're still arguing about it. They're arguing about it in state legislatures in Texas and in Oklahoma. So we'll we'll see what ends up happening. But I do think it'll eventually go through. Yeah, I'm curious to see how how the talks of all this definitely affect the next season and or seasons right for for that for that matter but um look let's let's get into it we talked about oklahoma uh, a little bit about texas oklahoma the favorite to win the big 12 this year minus 170 uh followed by iowa state plus 250 texas plus 1200 oklahoma state plus 1200 uh the list goes on ending with kansas at plus 25,000 to one uh <laughs> Uh, pretty, pretty bad there. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with our over under with the dumpster fire. That is the Kansas football program. Wes miles has got himself in a deep pile of shit, uh, over under for them on the year set at one and a half wins. Dave, you going over or under, I think you take the over just out of principle, right? You have to, Oh, you have to. It's similar to uh, rooting for like an under against a really good team where you just root against them every single week. You almost have to take the over just because it'll be that much more exciting if they get a win. Why else would you want to watch Kansas in the first three weeks of the season unless they're against like who God knows they're playing? I haven't, didn't even look at their schedule for this. Yeah, Doesn't so, matter. So let's talk about that. This is a this is an over under where you know if you won by um, September 30th. Well, not even. What, September 10th. They play South Dakota at home the first week, and then they go on the road to Coastal Carolina. If they lose both of those games, they're not so winning fucked. two Big 12 games. It's over. They are fucked, and not the yeah. way normal people like to get. Yeah. No, it's a dumpster fire. Speaking of this, Les Miles actually got fired, Merrick, so I don't even know who the hell the coach is. Hey, hey, is, Coastal, is Coastal Carolina going to be as good as they were last year? I doubt John? it, but who knows? Kansas lost to him last year. They'll probably lose to him again. I, I think either way, they don't even have to be as good as they were last year. No, no. Yeah, no. Um, Dave, so, speaking speaking of my speaking of your never never again teams, you mentioned Stanford. One of mine last year was Oklahoma. I couldn't catch a break. I I remember that Oklahoma Oklahoma State game. Ended up losing that over after I doubled down big, uh, just to climb out of a hole. Ended up getting backdoor billied on that one. Uh, they have the Heisman favorite, Spencer Rattler, plus 800 to win the Heisman. Uh, God knows what kind of coin he's pulling in now with this name, image, likeness uh, nonsense going on in the NCAA. But they're over under set at 11 wins. Blaze, do you think that they're going over or under that 11 win mark? Um, So just a little bit about me and my uh, Big 12 history. So two years ago, I had Baylor 50 to one to win the Pac-12 and they lost to Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game on the final drive. Last year, I had Iowa State 12 to one to win the Big 12 and they lost to Oklahoma on the final drive in the championship game. So I've had some heartbreak with Oklahoma as well, too. Um, I'm, go I'm going under. I don't like this Oklahoma team. I think Lincoln Riley is one of the most overrated coaches in college football. You can put him up there with Jordan Spieth with me for golf. Somehow this guy's an offensive savant, which he is, but he's a head coach and he takes zero responsibility for the defensive side of the ball, which is unacceptable if you're the head coach. So he's been through three different, three different defensive coordinators. They lost their best defensive player in the um, on their team for defense last year, Ronnie Perkins. 
And just so you realize, no one in the Big 12 plays defense. Ronnie Perkins was their best player on defense, and he was drafted in the third round. So the Big 12 is not a good defensive team. And I'm going back to the well for what I did last year. I like Iowa State plus 250 to win the Big 12 and make the college football playoff. And I think Matt Campbell is an excellent coach. He has two Heisman candidates in Brock Purdy, 50 to 1, who I would take a flyer on this year, and also an excellent running back who's better than David Montgomery, who went there. He reminds me a lot of Zeke Elliott at Ohio State. He's just not getting the hype there because he's not playing in the Big Ten. He's playing in Ames, Iowa, where not that many people watch the game. And the reason I like Iowa State this year is because in college football, it's hard to beat a team twice. And Iowa State is going to Oklahoma on November 20th to play that game. I fully expect them to lose that game. But then they're going to get a rematch four weeks later um, in Dallas-Fort Worth. Shout out Mike Merrick. You'd want to go to this game playing Oklahoma again. And I think Matt Campbell's going to prep and they're going to beat those guys and they're going to make the playoffs. So I like Iowa State again. I'm all in on Matt Campbell. He's a great coach. I can't believe he's still there. Ames, Iowa, this is your season to make the college football playoff. Plant the flag now. Buy stock in Iowa State. Fade Oklahoma. Plus 250. And look, obviously I I have uh, a little bit of a grudge against Iowa State. Uh, Look, I I, boys, I kind of agree. They beat beat Iowa too goddamn much. Uh, Yeah, uh, go check the record, bud. That's a great second week game too. Iowa and Iowa State. I feel Iowa's underrated this year, but we'll be talking about that next week. Uh, Actually, that'll be two weeks from now. We're going to conclude our college football uh, talk with the Big Ten. Uh, but boys, I, I, I kind of, I kind of have to agree with you here. I do like Iowa, Iowa state winning the big 12 and going, I actually like them going over the nine and a half wins that they're projected. I think they're going to go 10 and two. Uh, I do think that one of their losses will be week two to your number 18th, uh, ranked Iowa Hawkeyes, but is that game uh, in Iowa city or Iowa state? I, I don't know. Let me pull it good, up really quick. Good question. Uh, but while you mentioned that, yeah, I do like I like Brock Purdy as well. To he's a, a potential Heisman game candidate. Is names. I, game is in names. I wouldn't mind putting it, putting about a half unit on him. I I see him right now at thirty to one to win the Heisman. He's coming back. Uh, obviously, he has another year due to the whole COVID situation last year. So uh, I think he's going to have a really big year. I that guy, I forget his name. They have that that young running back coming uh, coming Reese. back. Yeah. Right, Brees Hall. That's right. That's right. So, uh, look, I, I do, I do think though Oklahoma is going to have a really good year though too. Uh, I, I like them to to actually push on that eleven win total. I think they're going to go eleven and one with their one loss coming to UT, uh, Texas. Over under for them is at seven and a half wins. Let's wrap up the Big Twelve. I'm going to go over on Texas seven and a half wins. What do you guys think over under Dave? Start with you. I would take the under. Uh, I have him at, at eight on DraftKings right now here in, in Illinois. I like the under on Texas under eight, just because you got a whole new system coming in. And I don't. I think what I saw was the stat I saw was they haven't hit an over on a win total. They hit it once uh, since Mac Brown left. So I think uh, it's Sark coming in there. You don't know what kind of he's kind of a curveball. You don't know what's going to happen there. We've talked about this before, uh, too. You guys have already hit on it. We all love Iowa State, and I think it's more because we hate Oklahoma and we hate Spencer Rattler so much. Um, so the two bets, the three bets that I have written down, you guys already hit on. 
One is you give it Iowa State, yes, to make the college football playoff at plus 500. I like that one. You give it Oklahoma a no on the college football playoff at plus 165. I actually really wow, like those. Wow, that's wow. high. I really like those, actually, because um, they're they're favored to make the playoff right now. And then I'm with you guys. I think Brock Purdy is definitely worth a, a flyer on. I've got him at 35-1 to 1 on DraftKings. Matt Campbell's a hot commodity. I really think that he could earn himself a shitload of money, even more than he would have made this offseason. Uh, he could probably go to the NFL and make a bunch of money if they have a big season here. Oh, yeah. So um, I just thought of this, and this is why I'm a natural for podcasts. I'm going under on Texas win totals, over on Tito's bottles of vodka. Shout out Tito's vodka in Austin, Texas. <laughs> no, friend. So we use only we only we only uh, support Pride vodka on this podcast. Okay, Pride I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm going over on Tito's bot um on bottles of Tito's because I don't think Steve Sarkeesian is going to be able to handle the pressure down in Austin. He's a drunk. Out, and it's going to start out week one when they're playing University of Louisiana Lafayette. Those guys beat Iowa State on the road last year as a 14 point dog. They're only a nine and a half point dog against Texas the first week. And I think that's upset city. And I can't believe Steve Sarkeesian is getting another shot at this. I know he remade his um, reputation at Alabama. Thanks to Nick Saban, of course, but um, I just don't see it with him. I don't see it with this Texas team. I go under way hard and I think it's going to crash and burn November 20th when they're playing in West Virginia and that stadium is basically shaking and collapsing and they're just going to get blown out there. And the Steve Sarkeesian era might be over before it even started. Take so you, me you, home. You, you mentioned it. Uh, I think another thing that might happen this year too, we talked a little bit about COVID reaction in the PAC 12. I'll tell you what conference is going to have no fucking issues with COVID too. And that's the big 12. Every single stadium that they're going to go to is going to be packed. And with Oklahoma and Texas leaving, you're going to have really hostile crowds there and they're all going to be hyped up to play them. And everyone's going to want to beat the shit out of both of those teams. So that's why I like the under for both Oklahoma and Texas. Um, And you blaze, you mentioned when they played, uh, what was it? UL Lafayette week one, Iowa state last week, last year, that was my first college football bet of the season. I laid the points with Iowa state and Dave McAvoy lost outright on a 14 point favorite. It was a ton of fun to wait, get the season started. I can't wait to pick favorites again, but don't speak too soon on that whole Mikey public picks. Yeah. Mikey public picks is going to be back in full force, baby two, two and three teamers all Saturday long. Hey, just another don't... thing I want to, I want to push out because Dave's pushing like big 10 is going to be on lockdown. I've gotten two automated voice message calls from Brett Bielema telling me to buy tickets for the Illini football and Illini football season tickets. So the first week or first couple weeks of the Big Ten, it's going to be full send. I don't know what's going to happen in October and November, but the beginning of the year, it's going to be full house or you're going to be allowed. To I don't pack I didn't say anything about the Big Ten yet. I said hey. the Pac-12 and the Pac-12. If you're going to have a, like a, a, an uptick in cases in the in the winter and in the fall. What states are most likely to say, yeah, we're not doing fans anymore? California, Oregon, Washington. But I agree. You're right. Hey, you were speaking, you were speaking a little too soon, though, because even today in Dallas, apparently Dallas County just passed uh, a mandate that we're going back to mass. So I look, I, I don't know how long that's going to last for. I think there's suggestions more than anything, Mike. Get vaccinated. I, I, would, I would hope so. We're not going to go there. We're not fucking Why don't you there. get vaccinated? Make sure I got vaccinated. Is- I got vaccinated. So I. I also got a triangle on my t- on my chest for the Delta variant, so I can't get the Delta I was variant. getting you. Know, go get the Johnson & Johnson. 
You're a fucking idiot, Delta variant. Yeah, because because people who got the vaccine are still getting the fucking Delta variant. Anyways, we're not spending I, our dude, time I might here. Be one of them, but I don't. I'm not dead though, so it's huge. Yeah, huge, huge, huge. Okay, uh, let's go to Notre Dame. All right, en- enough about enough about the Big Twelve, fellas. Let's go back up to the Midwest, specifically South Bend, Indiana. It's flipping hot up there, I'm sure. How? How is Brian Kelly managing that team? And, and, and boys, what's the weather looking like there up in South Bend? There's a lot of water breaks up there, but not for those grad assistants, 10 stories high um, recording that practice. But Saturday, we have a very hot day with the humidity. High of 80 degrees, 52% humidity, no clouds in the sky, and only six-mile-an-hour winds. So – those guys up in that scaffolding, they're not getting air, any air conditioning from Jesus and God up there. Nothing. Nothing at all. But, hey, the Golden Domers are one, uh, two weeks closer now since we last talked to uh, kicking off the football season. So, uh, look, listeners, I hope you guys enjoyed a, a little bit of the college football preview. Next week, we're going to be back. We're going to be covering the SEC. We're going to be covering the ACC. And then the following week, we are going to give you guys ground and pound, Big Ten football, full-on preview, full episode. Uh, who knows? We might be bringing out a few special guests uh, over the course of the next couple of weeks as well. So appreciate everybody tuning in, and we will catch you guys next week. Yep. Peace.